let's start this conversation again. <laughs> You've had a shave, mate. <laughs> it was an accidental shave. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, I was, uh, I was home yesterday <laughs> and I was getting ready. Like I was having a little bit of pokiness around my lips. Oh, so I was no. like, oh, I was like, oh, I've got to trim, I got to trim the beard a little and like, you know, get it to where it's not pokey. And so, so I get my clippers out and I apparently was looking at the wrong side of the clippers and I set it to a one instead of a five. And I, I hit this part of my mustache right here and I go, oh no. <laughs> So, so I mean, it is like so. I had to trim it all down, but like this, this is like a four, and this is a one. And I, I'm like, oh no, where's my beard? Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. Oh, uh, tears. Oh, so good, so good. Bill says Samson <laughs> has lost his power. I know. <laughs> Hey, Bill, uh, come on now. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Power's still there. Oh, man, that's so funny. Power is the right word, though, isn't it? Power is the word that we're going to be using. What are we talking about today, mate? Uh, we're talking about the power of our words. The power of our words. Why? Um, because they can either bring us life or death. And I did an experiment. Mm, go on, uh, I did an experiment to prove it. This is not... This is not conceptual. This is not theoretical. This is fact. Science. Science. Like, boom. Like, bring it. Like, let's go. Um, so what I did was, um, is I ran an experiment uh, for 21 days with my kids. So what I did is I took an apple and I cut the apple in half. And I took one half of the apple and I put it in, um, we call them mason jars. Do you guys call them mason jars? Canning jar, like the canning jars where you can vegetables. So I put them in there. And then uh, one in one side, one in the other. Um, one jar had the word hate on it and one jar had the word love. Um, and we sealed the jars, right? So sealed them tight um, with the lids. And we put them on a window seal about 20 inches apart. So they were getting the same amount of light, everything. And with that, um, with the hate half of the same apple, all we spoke were hate filled negative words for 21 days. You stinky apple. Yeah. Like just, I mean, and like my daughter's, uh, my youngest daughter, Blakely, she's she's five. Did not want to speak negatively to the negative to the hate apples. So, like so, I had to tell her I'd be like, "Yo, babe, like you have to do this. Like you can't." What is the what is the harshest thing they came out with? Pretty much, they would just be like, "You stupid apple, you're no good. You uh, you're not worth anything. No sure, one loves yeah. you. Those yeah, types yeah. of things." Um, and then the love apple, we only spoke love and positivity to and saying how beautiful the apple was, how delicious the apple was, how, you know, uh, how much we loved the apple. And, and again, they were only 20 inches apart on the same windowsill. 
Um, and so it's not like the other Apple couldn't, he couldn't hear the words, right? And we spoke with the same tonality, um, the same level of inflection, um, all of those things. Uh, we just directed hate to one and love to the other. And after 21 days, if you go on my Facebook page, um, you'll see the drastic difference between the two apples. Mm. Because mm. one was rotted and disgusting, like it smelled inside the jar, like it was oozing stuff, like mm. brown. And the other apple, um, we'll see if I can kind of show a picture of it here and where you can actually see it. I don't know if you guys can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the culmination of the experiment. Um, and, you know, it, 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 and what I wanted to show, what I wanted to teach my kids, and not only my kids, but I wanted to teach, um, I wanted it to be a, a, a real life lesson for other people on social media or whatever, that um, we have to be really careful to, at, at, to which we're speaking to other people. Yep. And that, and, and not only speaking to other people, but speaking over ourselves as well, that, that negativity and hate, um, those things that come out of our mouth, they, they have the power to rot and destroy others and ourselves. Mm -hmm. That if we speak that way, and because oftentimes, let's be honest, Ryan, we speak worse internally about ourselves and to ourselves than what we would ever speak vocally to someone else. Um, but that our, our words carry power of, of life and death over us and others. Mm. Just trying to find the scripture that you were talking about, Proverbs 18, 21. Yeah. Powerful, my friend. So what are we going to talk about today about that topic? What do we want people to hear? Well, you know, I think like there's, there's multiple different facets of it, right? Um, there's the, um, there's the idea of, of, of being a leader mm -hmm. and how we speak to those on our teams and, and the feedback that we give to people, the way we show up when people disappoint or don't perform to the level of, of expectation that we have. Um, how do we speak to them? How do we, how do we encourage them? How do we speak into their lives so they can, can so they continue to grow and develop? Um, you know, the other side of it is 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 us as leaders within our family or within, um, you know, with our kids. How we just in general speak to people that we interact with every single day, yeah. and that it's it's not just about speaking love to the ones that we love, but speaking love and life to the ones, um, the ones that we encounter on a, on a daily basis every single day. How, so again, 21 days is a test of patience. At what point during those 21 days did you see some physical transformation? Um, after the, after like really after the first like four or five days, mm. we we started to see a noticeable shift and, and it, I wanted to take a time-lapse pictures um, 
but it was real like it was really hard to see through a lens through the thick through the mason jar like that like honestly like it was very hard to notice the change you could kind of see the change yeah. but it, but i didn't want to disturb the environment of the apple so i didn't want to pull the apple out to look at them and take pictures i wanted to leave because i, I wanted the experiment to be I didn't want anybody to be able to say, oh, well, this apple had more light than this apple, or this one got oxygen, this one didn't. So I didn't want to disrupt, you know, I wanted to control every variable that I could over the experiment. Um, and, and the, you know, the, the only variable that, that changed between the two was, was the word spoken. Um, and so, uh, but, but really after five days, you noticed a, like, there was a tent difference in the apples and like, um, but I, I was blown away just opening up, opening them up today to see the difference in them and how one apple just looked like it had been sitting out for a few hours, right? Versus one that looked like it had been sitting out for 21 days. For 21 days. Mm. And, um, and the, just the touch of it, man, like it was gross and squishy and like, smelled it, it was rotting it was it was literally rotting same apple mm. same apple just split in half so so you can't even say well one apple probably was more less ripe than the same apple cut in half that's really interesting before we talk about what that really means for us as adults like what did your kids take away from that oh my like you could you you could see they like i started the the conversation like it was it was really like oh look at oh that apple's so gross that's so yucky like oh and look at this apple and i was like guys i was like what do you think that means mm -hmm. it's like what what's happening to this apple and they're like oh it looks like it's dying it's so gross and i was like if if that apple which we know is a living organism right like it has living cells within it i said uh i said gosh if that apple did that when we were speaking really horrible to it how does that affect when we speak really mean things to our brothers or sisters how does that affect when we speak mean things and call each other stupid Right. And so, and so we started going through and I was like, how, like, do you think that you've ever spoken negatively to any of your friends or called them dumb or said what they were doing was stupid or that their dress wasn't pretty. Right. And, and they were all like, you know, you could see them, you know, begrudgingly shaking their head. Yes. Have you ever laughed at your friend who trimmed his beard too short? <laughs> I don't even recognize myself in the video. Uh, and I was going to leave it. I was going to leave this part just short and leave everything else, but we're going to like a, um, a wedding this weekend. And I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. There's, there's way too much cheek showing now the darling cheeks are coming out and there's just way too much of it. Um, but you know, and then, and then really uh, what I, what I was trying to do was really paint that picture of, of, even as kids, what are you speaking to your friends? What are you saying to your friends? Um, and, and do you understand the power that you have 
by just the words that that you speak and and how can we learn you know so i like i was asking my daughters and 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 son i was like so so what can we say like how can we how can we do this with people they were like well i was like do we want to cause to people what happened to the hate apple to our friends or or our brothers and sisters and they were like and she was like you know they were all like no I was like, so then what do we probably need to do? We need to be kind. We need to love. We need to, you know, have gratitude and, and um, show up in love for our friends and support them and encourage them, right? We don't need to tear them down. And so it was, um, it was, it was cool conversations. Mm. Mm. Wish we take this conversation. Well, one, I want to know how your week's been. I saw, I saw, I saw a post that you're booked up until April, my friend. Mm. Yeah, I've um, I've got to a point. So I've been, I've, I've started reading Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and there were periods during lockdown where I had a really good balance. I was doing what I love. I was coaching, but I was having some downtime. And then things went mental with always better than yesterday and um, consultancy kind of came in and you'll never hear me complain about being able to serve and be busy, but there has been an effect on the way that I feel like I'm living. Like I felt rushed. I felt tired. I felt impatient. I felt not in unpresent and my, I've had a back pain for about three weeks. So I feel like I've really been, not flying on empty, but like I haven't had a lot of peace and presence in my last couple of weeks. You probably see by my eyes and it's been a very, very busy week, but actually I've taken that to a place where you didn't, you, you were being very positive about my being booked up and I, and I am, I really am. And I'm very fortunate, very grateful. I need to find better balance. I need to find a sense of peace within the flow and the rhythm of, of my weeks is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about this idea of balance. Do you think it's possible to find balance? No, I, I, I shared a post, I think with um, when I went paddleboarding with Corey, I don't believe in the word balance unless I'm on the paddleboard with Corey, you know, <laughs> because if he's not balancing, we're heading in the water. So in that moment we need to be balanced, but I believe in intention and I'm, I'm not shy of hard work. And there have been days where I do 16, 17 hour days. That's not a badge of honor. That's just fact. That's just what I've done. Um, but I know that that can't last forever. And I know that there has to be an intentionality on the other side of the day, the other side of the week. And I think where I've just been going so hard for so long, it's a case of, I need to really set some intention to pull back some of that balance, pull back some of that intentional downtime. Yeah. Do you think, you know, I, I oftentimes think that um, we look at balance as a destination or as a, as a fixed point that we need to get to versus, yeah. um, and you kind of said it yourself, you, you said it two different ways with Corey. Um, Corey is not, when, when you and Corey are on the paddleboard together, you, you and Corey are not in a place of balance you are constantly balancing. Yes. 
right? It's a, it's, and, and you know, I've talked about this with Luke Frazier and JJ and I, I, I don't know, I think maybe you and I have talked a little bit about it before, but it's this, I, I like to think of it an idea of constantly, constantly counterbalancing. Mm. Learning, understanding that if you give more attention to something over here, it's going to steal away from attention over here. And so when you do that, like, and that's where that intentionality comes in, when you mm. notice, okay, I've given 16 hours to work, which takes away from family. So you're back, mm -hmm. so you're off, off balance, right? So it's this constant act of counterbalancing going, okay, now I need to be really intentional with my time with my family so that, so that they feel loved, appreciated, seen and understood. And sure. it's this, it's this constant state of, of, back and forth just like in a boat right like or, or on a paddleboard you're constantly rocking back and forth if you give too much weight over here you're going too much weight over here but it's this if a wave comes right and disrupts mm -hmm. it a little bit you have to find that you know you kind of you kind of groove with it right because you're constantly in a back and in an act of balancing yep because you're never really truly balanced yeah great great story mate Great storyteller. I love that. Another storyteller that I really love is Bob Goff. Have you come across his new book yet? I have. Wait, he's got a new book? Yeah, it's called Dream Big. Very, very good. It's not, not, I'm going to put it out there. Not as good as Love Does and Everybody Always, but it's good. Yeah, Everybody Always is. I'm learning so much about that right now. Mm. Like the who do we love and who is our neighbor? Um, so the wife and I are doing a, um, we're doing some marriage coaching through, through with a pastor and his wife and we might've talked about it a little bit. And, and it's funny, let, let's just, um, uh, I have said to people, oh yeah, my wife and I are going through like this marriage counseling, marriage coaching, you know, stuff with this pastor and his wife and they're, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. Is something wrong? Yep. Is some like are you, is like is your marriage okay? Mm. Yes, fools. My marriage is fine. <laughs> you don't you don't get coaching just because your marriage sucks. If you wait until your marriage sucks to get help on your marriage, then it's probably too late. Mm. Right? Like an NBA player or a professional footballer in Europe, right? Soccer. On the pitch over there in soccer or, or a professional rugby player, you know, probably yes. true football without pads, what real men play. Um, You're learning. Right. They, they don't, they're constantly being coached. Even if yeah. they're playing well, they're being coached. But, but it's, it's so funny. This, this ideology we have around self coaching mm -hmm. and, and coach and getting coaching for our marriage or counseling for our marriage, getting help and how to do things better because it automatically means, well, then something has to be wrong. No, but we want to be better. Mm. Yes, of course we do. So just throwing that out there, think about that. Think about the mentality you have when you hear someone say, Oh yeah, we're going through this. Just because someone is getting help with something does not mean that it is something that they are struggling with. Yeah, Lisa and I did a Lisa and I did a six week program too, and it was a really interesting concept because, like you say, we sit here and we coach each other, making time for purposeful, meaningful conversations. 
you might learn something or two. Right. Yeah. It's like, so, so we're going through this and we're, and what we're learning is we're learning about becoming love. And what does it mean to become love? Mm. And it is like, I'm just going to tell you, um, it is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. What we're learning is incredibly difficult. Um, now, you know, taking it to the spiritual side of things, um, believing that if, if God lives within us and we understand what God says about us and who he created us to be and our value is found in that, then um, it doesn't matter what anyone else does, what anyone else says or what anyone else, we, we can't be offended by others if we understand where our value comes from because we always know the truth. And when people do things that, let me put it this way, that affect us, if people are mean to us, if they disappoint us, if they, whatever, whatever it is, um, if that happens, oftentimes we think, oh, how do I deal with this? How do I, how do I handle this disappointment? How do I like help me? help me have patience for this person, help me have this. And, it, and, and the difference is becoming love is not about you. It's about them. And if, and if they are living underneath anything other than the great value in the, in who they were created to be, then you probably shouldn't be praying for patience for yourself and how to deal with them and how to overcome it. You should probably be looking at them because there's something broken in them that desperately needs to be loved. And so it's, it's not about looking inward to what's going on and how something affected us or offended us. It's looking outward going, what is it inside of that person that makes them think that, that that is who they are Mm. and how do we pray for them and love them through that so that they see the great value in who they were created to be. Yeah. It's also that concept of be careful what you wish for, because if you're praying for patience, well, here you go, have a difficult person. (laughs) Right. I heard a, I heard a comment yesterday. I was talking to a friend, Will Davis. Um, I met him in Phoenix and, you know, uh, played, played in the NFL professional football player american football player um and we were talking last night and he said you know uh god allows disappointment in our life so that we can see what we truly and really need to pray for and who we need to pray for because it's not about our disappointment it's about other people Mm -hmm. and and being able to see other people and their brokenness and 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 loving them through it not trying to figure out how we make it through it. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm going through some of that in, in my personal life at the moment and, and really had it hit me yesterday with a situation. And I wanted to be mad and upset and disappointed and frustrated and angry. And my wife, who's absolutely incredibly smart um, and intelligent and, and way better looking due to my beard situation, um, said, Hey, like, why are you upset? Because it actually has nothing to do with you. <laughs> has nothing to do with you. There were choices and things that were made 
that showed the brokenness inside of, of this other person. You should be, you should be disappointed and brokenhearted for them. Not, Oh, this, dis- Oh, this hurts me. Mm. She was like that, you know, and because, and that's what we're learning. And I love that she called me out on it. You know, that like, you know, we're told, you know, if we're offended 76 time, we forgive 77. Mm-hmm. That forgiveness and grace knows no bounds and, and, and it shouldn't know any bounds for us either. It's very powerful. My, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, um, yeah, something came up when you were talking. It's really, um, so when you're saying becoming love is really challenging anyway, if you throw in all of those life's distractions, busyness, our phones, back pain, back pain is, is taking me out of that becoming love. I I really notice it. You coming from a place of intentional becoming love to having back pain. It's like, oh man, like, you know, it's that, it's that, it's that really taking you away from being present in the moment. Cause well, it, I, I guess it brings you into the present moment, but all you can think about is you and your pain. And it takes you away from thinking about how to help and serve others when you're so busy trying to limit your own pain. And um, in Bob Goff's book, um, he, he talked about the, the issues of being busy and the, the impact of our phones and he says it wouldn't be the first time we've been done in by an apple. <laughs> and I really like oh that. Oh my gosh. Ah! Very good phrase, right? Uh well, and think about that too. So so Will and I, going back to Will, you've got you've got to meet him. Uh you'll meet him soon. Um it's really cool. He's at this he's been at this retreat for the last twenty one days um for uh NFL players and cool. and things and it's been really cool, really good for him. Um, but he's, uh, we were talking last night and um, where is it here? It says it's in Proverbs, um, I believe Proverbs or Psalms. Uh, and it says the, uh, the eyes, hold on, I'll find it. I'll find it. I promise. Um, pretty much what it, what it says is that the eyes are the light to the body. Ah, here we go. Um, uh, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. Um, so think about that in the, in the context of the conversation of where are we focused? What are we looking at? When it comes to busyness and distraction and stress and our phones and our own priorities, um, we're often, oftentimes, if, if you will follow with me, we're oftentimes looking inward and we're looking down, we're looking at our phone, right? And, and we're, we're, we're looking at 
our own priorities and our own schedules and our own situations and our own struggles. And we're not seeing the world for what it truly is. We're not seeing the sunshine. We're not seeing the light. We're not having our eyes focused on what it is that is most important, which is, which is what we've been called to earth to do, which is to love and care for and be in relationship with other people to be more focused on others than what we are on ourselves so that we can show up, do our best and serve and love and, you know, and, and do those things. And, and it's so interesting that, that, that when our eye is healthy, our body is healthy. When we are only focused on ourselves and our stuff, it's, we can't show up the way that we're supposed to. Is this Craig? Craig? (laughs) It's like three levels of beard. I'm so jealous of, of both of your beards and my, (laughs) my shaving mishap. Craig makes me even more self-conscious what have you done i i i went for i went for a trim uh in my and and i trimmed it way way too far craig understatement of the year uh yeah i'm telling you i I know it looks good well good to see you mate and you how are you too yeah we're well we're well good to see you coming live from LYLHQ? Yeah, um, don't tell anyone I'm in here. I'm not meant to be. No, no, that's cool. It's a backdrop, right? It's just a backdrop, yeah. It's a really cool picture you have that makes it look like you're somewhere that you're not. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really here um, because we, uh, well, well, it doesn't matter why I shouldn't be here, but yeah, anyway, I'm not. It's just a backdrop. So we, um, I don't know if you caught the start of the conversation. We, we led off with Jonathan's experiment where the power of words and his kids have been in an experiment around speaking positive or negative words, love and hate words to this apple and the transformation that this yeah. apple that receives the hate words, rot, mold, disgusting. You talk about it. Yeah, you talk yeah, about it. It was so gross. It, it smelled like, oh, like yeah, I just opened the lid and I was like, like. I found it really interesting actually. And um the the bit where you challenge your kids on well you know what's the what's the impact on on people i found that really quite profound actually um and using the apples as an example um i thought was really really clever my scientific brain though Mm -hmm. would say well how many variables are in there to make it go moldy and if you did it a hundred times and it was the same a hundred times then yeah i might get it but in terms of um an example because i think the impact that words have on people um are well you know they're untold aren't they um and the impact that words have on ourselves our own words mm-hmm. and our own stories um mm-hmm. are just oh my god they're 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 destructive um i saw something the other day i think i, I, I was going to post something the other day um which was around um, the the mind or your thoughts. So, so essentially the language in your head has the ability to create, um, uh, build and destroy all at the same time. Yep. Powerful. And it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. It, it really you... is. And, and to your okay. point, you know, that was my concern was like, I wanted to 
keep the variables as as controlled as possible outside of just the words, right? So like yeah. I use the exact same jars, exact same lid, tried to tighten them at the exact same torque. Um, put like not not even getting like put them in the uh, put them in the window, the same window, twenty inches apart. Um, they they receive the same amount of light. All all of these different things and tried to keep the variables. There's a, um, uh, there's a, a physicist, um, cause I, I didn't make this, I didn't make this, um, uh, this up, like, right. This was, uh, I copied this from somebody cause I heard about it. Um, uh, there's a physicist, uh, let me look him up. Um, uh, Dr. Emoto, Masura Emoto, and what he claimed was when water ex was exposed to spot positive speech and thoughts, it would result in visually pleasing crystals being formed in the water when it was frozen, and that the negative indentation would yield ugly frozen crystal formations. And so he um, he he did this study um in tokyo um and used about two thousand people um to um to focus either positive intentions and words towards water samples or negativity and the difference in um in dr emoto's thing in his thing and you can look it up uh dr emoto is the water crystals wow holy moly yeah and so that's why Pam talks to her plants. I'm mm. like, what are you doing talking to your plants, you nutter? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah no, I'm kidding. Here's, here's another one. Oh, wow. She, yeah, yeah and it, it helps them grow. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same idea with the plants. Now, a lot of times people think, well, you're giving the carbon dioxide, blah, 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 blah. But if you actually run the same experiment with plants and you speak horrible and negative to the plants, it actually kills the cell of the plant. Versus when you speak positivity to the plant and love, it grows and it flourishes. It flourishes more. It's 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 wow. it's incredibly cool science, but it's it's for me it's science proving the the biblical truth, right? That that I already knew or had a concept of, um, but being able to show it to the kids was what was so important to me. Yeah, it's a great lesson, definitely. When when you came on, Craig, I was thinking back to your mindset model from from the talk that you did last year, mm -hmm. and you used the word earlier, the stories that we tell ourselves. So, if we're using the concept that that language is, or, or the words that we use, are really important, what are some of the ways in which using your model that can help people? Oh wow, good question. Um, so, I think. I think we, from my, from my own understanding, my own, certainly my own experience, is that we have a tendency where a lot of us, I think some people are better at it than others naturally, but the, the vast majority of us are um, predisposed to focus on negativity. 
um, we're predisposed. It's negativity bias, isn't it? You know, it's mm. through thousands of years of evolution that we're going to focus on something bad rather than something good because if something bad will harm us. It will hurt us. It will could even kill us. So we're, we're predisposed to focus on negative things. It's a survival mechanism. So we see the threat mm. and our brain is trying to take us from point A to point B um, and move away from the threat into a point of safety. Now, with that particular model in mind, and I was on my mindset webinar yesterday, we were talking about it as well. Our emotional brain, our emotional center has no capacity for language, does it? It just it just sends the, those those signals out that creates the chemicals that creates the feeling, um, and whatever feeling that is, whether it's a, a nice feeling or the majority of the time when we sense a threat or all of the time we sense <clears throat> a threat will be a negative feeling. So anxiety, worry, stress, fear, whatever. Um, and it's it, they, they say it's actually a couple of seconds later. So it's a long time in the scheme of things for a feeling like that to settle in you and you're kind of what's going on why am i feeling crap blah, blah, blah. and then your your um newer brain neocortex kicks in which deal as we know deals with language but doesn't deal with feelings and also doesn't deal with um de decisions or behavior that kicks in and then that's trying to rationalize why you're feeling the way you're feeling and why you're behaving or need to behave the way you need to behave and it's trying to work it out um, because at this point you're just acting on pure instinct. Um, and I think this is where the language comes in. So we dig up our memories, we relive, we create scenarios and situations, we pre-live in order to make sense of that, um, in order to problem solve. And then the stories we tell will generally, for the vast majority of people, have a negative bias. And then you get a, a, store, a negative story added. So the simple um, example I use is if you wake up in the morning and you're really, really tired and you then think to yourself, oh, I'm really, really tired. And it could be for whatever reason. And then what you'll probably do, you probably won't go to the night before and what made you tired, either the too many beers or the dodgy kebab or do you guys have kebabs? Um, John. We, of course we have kebabs <laughs> a do, a but we can't kebab. but we call them kebabs kebabs okay or a kebabs. dodgy one of those or, or, or i, I, I want to know i want you to physically describe what you think the kebab looks like okay so a kebab is it's it's uh, a stick with meat and vegetables there you go. There you go. on it that you cook is that not, not correct version of not a dirty what? kebab not a dirty kebab <laughs> When you when you when you come over, we'll we'll get you on. Um, but, but anyway, um, we'll get a real kebab. Very very rarely will we in that situation where we go straight to what the the cause is and think, oh my god, it's just because of that. I'll go and sort out what I need to sort out. What we'll probably do when we're feeling like that, we'll then start thinking because we're feeling really rough and tired and we just want to stay in bed. We'll probably think ahead to our day and think, oh, I've got I've got that meeting, and that person's in the meeting and oh my god i really don't want to do that and all of a sudden you've added another story language and a layer which is trying to justify why you feel bad or why you, you feel demotivated or whatever and then because you stay in bed a little bit long you start running late and then you start creating scenarios about what's going to happen when you turn up late for the meeting and you add layers and layers and layers and all of these are stories to try and make sense of why you're feeling the way you're feeling and to try and problem solve your way out of not feeling that way. So a lot of people go, do you know what? I'm not going to go anywhere today. I'm going to call in sick. Problem solved. Yep. Um, or I'm going to make up. Fight, fight, fear. 
yeah, or I'm going to make up an excuse um, not to do it. Um, and, and, that, and that's where this language and the stories um, are, are really, really powerful. And um, the negative ones, I mean, they're, they're toxic. I mean, I think it's just like having, I don't know, I can't really describe it. But it's just toxicity in you and it just fills you. Um, and if you're not careful and if you don't catch it and if you don't change the language by bringing yourself mm. back present into the now um, and change that commentary and actually create a commentary that's real and not either relived or pre-lived because that's just memory that's just imagination and not real particularly um, and then unless you do that you're going to really really struggle and those words are going to cause you harm and then and by the way when you get to the meeting because you're so fed up you snap at the person in the meeting that makes them feel crap they react to you and it gets in a vicious cycle the cycle of conflict so i i want to i want to add a few things one <laughs> i thought you said common tree not and for me for the way i i wasn't i was like common tree what is he talking about a tree for oh <laughs> common tree and for me it's commentary <laughs> commentary and i was like <laughs> And then I was like, oh, wait, no, he's talking about like self-talk. Like, yeah, self-talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's one. Uh, man, I got to get, I got to brush up on my, on my English, my proper English. Um, the other thing is, uh, it's, it's inter interesting that you mentioned that stuff, Craig, um, because uh, I was learning a little bit about like, so our central nervous system, right, that controls our fight or flight. Our yep. central nervous system doesn't know love. It doesn't know hate. It doesn't know um emotions it doesn't know anything like that all it knows is keep craig McHugh alive right Absolutely. right so it, it controls the fight or flight and yeah. and what um what's really interesting about what you're talking about is is from our past from our past trauma different things that happened to us when we were growing up we um we attach stories yeah. to our central nervous system yeah. that explain to us who we are and what we need to be fearful of. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so where it was originally created um, to be able to tell us, Hey, that tiger is going to eat us or Hey, that bunny is something that we can go and eat ourselves. We have a now, we have now attached these, um, um, these stories to it so that we come, when we come up in situations where we might have emotional responses to it, um, our central nervous system almost almost goes, oh, wait a second. This is a situation. This is really bad for us. We need to run. We need to get out of here. We need yeah. to, you know, and, and, and so because of that, what, what we think is like, well, that's just the way that I respond. That's just the way that I am. That's just, a, no, it's not. It's the stories that have yeah. been attached to Absolutely. how we respond to different stimuli in our life based off of either responding in love or responding in fear. Yeah, because if you know, if you if you actually notice and really reflect and think about this, whether you are feeling stressed or anxious or worried or afraid or um, in love or happy, the same bodily reactions occur. They might be yep. slightly different chemicals, but in terms of heart rate, breathing, um, blood pressure and all of that stuff that's getting ready for the action that you need to take, the bodily reactions are the same. It's when we add the stories to it that we then are able to identify what the emotion is. 
yeah. depending, and, on the and story, depending on the stories we bring in. Yeah, and it's funny too that 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 people don't really realize that it's it's our subconscious thoughts, not our immediate thoughts in our head. Yeah, our subconscious thoughts that are happening at a trillion billion thoughts per second that dictate our beliefs. Our beliefs then dictate our actions, and our actions dictate our results. And so, so there are these. In, 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 and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it's oftentimes that we've not taken the time to really identify what it is our subconscious thoughts are or what those subconscious stories are that, yeah. that, are, making us, that are making us believe what we believe, thus uh, that, that then is a causation to the actions that we choose to take in those situations. And, yeah, a million percent. Um, and, and, you know, when we're, when these stories happen, we'll go back through our archives to try and find something that makes sense of what's going on. Or we'll, because we're trying to rationalize. It's, it's Absolutely. all this sense yeah, of yeah. rationalization yeah. of I've got to rationalize my belief and this, and this other story back here that happened is going to go, Oh yeah. Oh, it's just like this. So even, even if they're not related in any way whatsoever, we will find whatever story or belief that we have back here that that we can use to explain why we acted the way we acted or why we think the way that we think. Absolutely. So that we're justified in yeah. our thoughts and in our actions. Absolutely. They're called the clever story. So you get your victim story, your villain story. So victims about us, villains about someone else, the helpless story. I can't do anything about it. And then the clever story, which is what you just described just there. And you know, there, uh, and, and, I, I try really hard not to do this and I have to work hard at it. But if I see something that I just don't agree with or I don't get, and, 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 and that's maybe a deep rooted thing for me, that will make me feel a certain way. And then I'll create a story around it to justify why I feel that way. But actually in the scheme of things, um, and, and just going back to what your wife said was, um, what did you say? She, it's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with me. My God, that is one of the best things I've heard in flight forever yeah i mean the amount of things i mean i've really struggled with social media recently um and you know you, you see these things that you don't like or don't agree with in the way people are behaving or portraying themselves and, and i did a post about it the other week and actually i'm a bit disappointed in myself that i actually made it my business and my problem because i should have just ignored it and let it go because it had nothing to do with me yeah I could well and it going or switched it off yeah, I've taken so many I, I had the other day. And it's funny, once you, what, what people don't realize, and th this is kind of something helpful um, for, for anybody who's listening, once you understand this, once you start grasping this concept, what you will notice is, it, you know, there's, there's the idea of take your thoughts captive, right? And, and, and for me, it's the idea of running it through a filter of, of truth, right? Um, and, and so, the other day I was sitting there and I was, I saw somebody post something on social media and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to respond to that. And like halfway through typing on my phone, I was like, Oh no, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back because mm -hmm. there's, it has nothing to do with me. And, and my, my, my adding to this, what am I doing? Right. Am I, am I making the situation or am I making it worse? And oftentimes in our head, we think, Oh no, I'm going to make a comment on this. And everybody is finally going to understand what really should be right. Yeah. What the truth is. But in reality, it's like, I, I need to just keep my mouth shut yeah. because 
but that's the story with we're we're playing to justify how we're feeling. Right. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Suns out, guns out today with uh, Heather here. <laughs> you are also now equally numbered Americans to English. So that's right. Good and to not see even that. not even just Americans. We've got Southerners. Southern. Yeah. Different breed. <laughs> Well, you descend uh, from English people, surely, technically. We do. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Heather? For deep stuff. What's, what's going on here? I just saw a link and I clicked it. Well, welcome down the rabbit hole. So you have just joined a conversation that started with uh, Jonathan having done an experiment with his kids, a 21-day experiment of speaking oh love or hate to these two apples in jails, two the same apple cut in half in two separate jars. And the oh, was results... it the same apple? I didn't know it was, it was the same the... apple. Yeah, it was the same oh, wow. apple. So I took, so again, right, controlling variables. Yeah, so I, didn't that... know, I thought it were two different apples. Yeah, so it yeah. was the oh. same apple that I cut in half. And Heather, this was the, this was the, uh, if you can see that on your phone, that was the results of speaking love. Uh, an apple, a real apple. I thought you were, I was really. <laughs> friend, and I said he was speaking hate to his children from experiment. And I thought, <laughs> Dang. No, yeah, that's a savage experiment. So I guess what we were talking about was the implication of language, the power of our words, the power of our words, not only to ourselves, um, but the way that we lead as well. And, and I'd just be curious to know um, what your kind of take is on the power of language. Well, I mean, there's been so much research done. I'm sure I've already covered that where, you know, even the effects of water just matter you know uh with our words um i think there's like a it affects us at like an unconscious level where i was just talking to I was on another comment ago with a psychologist who was talking about how trauma doesn't even like become raised in our consciousness until we're older and sometimes we figure out kind of how it affected us because if you're used to you know, certain language being used growing up. I know for me, um, my mom was very, very verbal with us, like not in a good way. And I, I never, never, I didn't know anything different until I was older. And there was like this natural tendency to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm stupid in this area or I'm this or I'm that. Um, because, you know, when you're at that developmental stage, it literally affects the wiring of your brain <laughs> where your brain is, conditioned um, from a bio like a biochemical level to you know believe this is truth and so motivational stuff like oh just you know you're awesome blah, 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 that's great but also too we have to understand that when there's been years and years of conditioning for one thing it's going to take a time and intention to start unraveling that and literally rewiring the neurons in our brain to think differently so it's a it's a very serious thing it's a very spiritual thing too like there's a lot of spiritual implications there of words and life and all of that but um yeah i i, I think it's a powerful topic so love that well welcome so good to see you ah. um where were you sorry did i interrupt the the flow of guys i i'm really sorry but i've got to jump off because i've got a call in about a minute or two minutes what's the time Peace five, five minutes um but lovely to see you heather Nice to meet you. I've, I've seen a lot of your stuff, so, and it's, it's great. So, yeah, good to meet you at last. And, uh, gentlemen, pleasure as always. Um, Speak to you soon, my friend. Two legends. Um, stay safe, stay well, stay awesome, 
And uh, yeah, thank you for, for inviting me to jump on. It's been good. Always. Love you, dude. Speak to you soon. Take care. See you later, guys. Peace. Um, and that then leads me to be the outnumber one. How does this happen? <laughs> oh, the Americans are taking over. Right, I'm coming to visit. When am I coming? When am I allowed into your country? Uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned now, but... Good. You have to smuggle me in. I'll do it. I'll figure out a way. Where there's a will, there's a way, Ryan. There is a will, so there must be a way, for sure. For sure. we got a few minutes left. How should we wrap up this conversation? So, Heather, uh, okay, uh, uh, you, you and I and, and Ryan, obviously, we, we do understand the spiritual implications of our words and, and, you know, that our tongue has the power to bring life or death um, it, for ourselves and for others. Uh, there, I don't, Heather, I don't know if you've read this book, but there's a book by, um, she's, a, she's a Christian neurobiologist, uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Yeah. And like, she's absolutely incredible. And, and her book, Think and Eat Yourself Smart, talks a lot about how at a cellular level, we're we're made for love. Um, and, and the words we speak and the th- thoughts we have subconsciously um, uh, can, I, I mean, in, in, in her summation, um, our bodies have the power to cure themselves of cancer. Um, yep if we, if we believe it and we speak it and we not, and, and here's the thing, there's a difference between believing something and knowing it's truth. Knowing is fact. It's truth. Believing there, there, there's a, there's a, for me in, in, in my thought process, there's an element of doubt. You either know that I'm God and that I love you. And I sent my only son to die on the cross so that you could have life through me or you believe it. I choose to know it because it's truth and it's fact, it's real. Um, and, but I, I would say, Heather, like, what, what would you say? So people listening always better than yesterday and stuff. How does someone make that mind shift from that, that negative self-talk that how we present ourselves and our language to other people? How do you start identifying those those situations and how do you make that shift so that you can start speaking life? Did she freeze? Yeah. You took so long to ask the question. (laughs) She's like, this guy is. It froze. Let me get on the computer. She's back now. Oh, she's gone. She's gone. She's going to the computer. Have you, um, there we go. She comes again. Okay. So the last thing I heard you said is what would you tell someone who, and that was it. Sorry. How How do you tell someone to, how do you help someone make that switch to start identifying that negative self talk, how they speak and how do you help them? How do you help them identify that? Well, for me, um, I think environment and being in an energy space, that's where you can, some of this stuff can come into awareness. Because again, I really, I think it is a spiritual thing that has to be kind of revealed to you and also healed through that. So God, whatever. Um, So Ryan, like the work that you're doing where you're allowing space and creating it, like someone entering, entering into this conversation. Yes, I'm physically coming into this conversation but also too, I'm entering into a space where um, there's a correct environment 
for this to be brought up to my awareness and also feel safe enough for it to start exploring it and start healing it. So, Mm. um, I know it's kind of a weird or roundabout way to say that being very intentional with putting yourself in an environment just like this conversation Mm. constantly, because, you know, we can heal on our own, of course, but I think God created community and God created us to connect for a reason because there's, he is there, like there he is in the midst of us. So right Mm -hmm. now, you know, like I carry a piece of God, you carry a piece of God. And when we come together, his presence is so much stronger um, and I think that's where he does a lot of his healing. So, you know, mm-hmm. either if, if it's your verbally sharing, you know, your story, there's so much healing in that. Um, hearing other people's story, knowing you're not alone, spending time in the presence of God, whether that's through meditation or um, prayer or whatever it may be. Going outside, I've, I've been, I felt so much healing going outside, going on my runs. Like, that's some time for me and God. Like, I, I need that. And I think healing is constant. <laughs> um Yep. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think. It's interesting when you picked up the word spiritual in the thought process, because when I interviewed John Gordon, um, he said um, this one thing that really stuck with me. He said, do you ever choose your negative thoughts? He's like, would you choose a negative thought? And he says, no, of course you wouldn't. Why would you choose a negative thought? And he said, when you realize that you wouldn't choose it, you realize there's a spiritual warfare going on. Mm. Those, those thoughts don't come from you. And, it, it. and it's like when you put it at that level, you think, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, so to add to that, so uh, through this marriage coaching stuff we're doing with Pastor Tommy and his wife, Michelle, um, Michelle brought up something because um, I, I was talking about some things about my, you know, connection and different things and my fear of losing connection. And she was like, and she was like, fear. She was like, mm. do, you, do you believe fear is a choice? And I was like, well, yeah, of course, of course it is. She goes, no, it's not. She goes, fear is a spirit that attacks you. She was like, because we weren't, we weren't given when we were created a, we weren't given fear. We were given love. Mm. Fear is, you know, and so there's that, there's that spiritual aspect to fear is a spirit that attack that attaches to us and tells us lies about ourselves and about others and about situations. And that the choice that we have is to remove that from us through speaking truth through God's word to it. Because when you speak, when you speak truth through God's word and scripture, the devil has to flee from you. Spirits have to flee from you. And there, there is a, there's a, you know, there's a spiritual aspect to that. And it, it was, it was incredible because I used to think, Oh, well, I don't have to choose to be scared of something. I, I don't have to choose fear or anxiety or any of those things. And they were like, no, it's, it's not a, it's not a choice of you either choose it or you don't. It's you realize that it's a spirit and you, you remove it from you, from the situation so that you can live in peace, truth, kindness, patience, um, long suffering and, and all of that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it leaves. I think I would agree with what you're saying. I think it becomes maybe presence, but over here, as opposed to right here, you know what I mean? So where you can notice like, Hey, I acknowledge this, that this is here and that this is talking to me right now, but I don't have to adapt that into my identity and I don't have to let it like rule me because I still feel a lot of stuff in the midst of like taking action and doing things. Um, But like you said, you notice that it's not your voice. It's something else happening. Yeah. Because when you know, when you know your identity and you're like, to your point, when you're, when you're connected with God, you spend that time there, 
you, you, you absorb his word and you understand the value in who you were created to be and who lives inside of you, you, you can't, you don't have to use that as your identity. You can put that over here and go, no, 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 that's not me because that's not truth. Amen. Truth is this, you know, and, and it's a, through all of my years of, you know, uh, I was saved back in 2008. I I feel like for the first time over the last three weeks, I'm actually fully starting to understand what it means to know what God says about me and, and how that can play out in every moment and every situation that I'm in. When I, when I, when I allow that to live inside of me and, and, Mm. you know, fill me to spill me, if you will. Mm. Mm. I wasn't ready for this and I clicked on it. Well, this is, yeah, absolutely. Every step. So I think rather than me being self-indulgent and and spending all afternoon with you guys, because I could quite easily do that, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to say thank you so much for joining. Thank you for embracing the conversations. Um, Yeah, like what are you guys up to this weekend? I'm gonna go to the zoo with my kids. Uh, Brian, we, we were talking about like, let's go to the zoo. But then they're like, well, you have to wear masks. And I'm like, that'd be really hot having to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But we found a zoo where they just keep people, like a limit how many people come in. You don't have you to wear You found a, mask. a zoo where they keep people? I know, it's gonna be so great. Do you, do you live near um, <laughs> Joe Exotic? You can go to the Tiger King. Oh, I see. We, we watched about 20 minutes of that and then we turned it off. We're like, we don't, what is this crap? <laughs> 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 we, we need a better shot though yeah but we're just gonna go to the zoo hang out with the kids a little bit um that's Happy about days. it what about you John? So. i am um i'm going to uh leaving for indiana this afternoon going up uh back up to visit uh my sister for the evening and then one of my best friends from high school uh got married um earlier this year and they're doing a reception in uh kind of in our hometown and so the wife are going up we're leaving the kids at my sister's and having a little night away for some wedding reception fun with uh some friends that i haven't seen in in gosh almost 10 years so um really special shave just for it didn't you shut up (laughs) like it is so like i just want i just want my beard i just Uh. want my beard back and and by the way heather tell tell your husband um, because I follow, I follow Brian and, and bones to bulk, um, little shout out there, tell him, uh, it's, it's really cool to see him stepping out and doing what he's, what he's doing online. And, and, uh, he and I have a lot of, you know, I was an exercise science major. That's what he studies in school. Yeah. I was a strength coach, a trainer for a long time. And he and I have a lot of similar ideologies, um, around things. And it's really cool to see him doing it right and teaching people right versus bro science and and not truth so tell him like from from someone who who has studied it and lived it for